0: Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, and also your host. Today we have singer-songwriter, Aliyah video blogger, music producer, who has released six original albums by the name of Hanala. (laughs) Welcome. It is so nice to have you here. Finally, I know I've been chasing after you for quite some time. And actually, a little introductory story here. I have I grown you, up. I
1: called you, remember?
0: Exactly. But before that, I grew up singing your songs, so I knew you existed for a very long time. And then one day, want- I got a phone call from an unknown number. I picked up the phone, and it was you, and you were telling me how you just saw my video or you listened to a song.
1: No, I listened to your whole CD.
0: You listened to my entire CD? Oh, my.
1: Not only that, I am one of your biggest fans. I have listened to your CD, at least one of them, a a hundred times. I love your music. so.
0: Thank you so much, Hanalo. It is so, coming from someone like you, someone who has been doing this for much longer than I have, and, you know, the reverse fan situation. So I give you the mic. So I called you that night, and I remember thinking to myself...
1: honest to God, this was my first thought. I wonder how much this album cost her. Like, that was my first thought. And I was thinking to myself, this is not cheap stuff. Like, who is this? Like, you immediately got my attention by the quality of the production, and by... um, And the whole... It was just such a tidy, um, perfect album. Like, all the songs were so on point. The harmonies were so tight. Like, everything was so fluid. It was just a pleasure to listen to. I was... I was really impressed. And then you told me you went to music school. And that's actually something that I, I can't say I regret, but I often ponder what my career would have come to be had I gone to music school or had more professional musical training because it's so difficult to be in the music business and not have musical training. Let's put it that way. To think that it takes one particular thing to be a success, it really doesn't. Like some people think you need, music school some people think you need you know the right songs whatever it's really like from Hashem
0: that's 100% true but can I just say something to that point very often um, people at least here in the states will get some training or their parents will get them lessons but they're they're not looking into the qualifications of a teacher you might be paying a lot for their education but I don't know how much they're actually learning of the real deal
1: well that's a different story. I mean, in general, people you know, who succeed in music are people who work really hard at it, especially in 2018, which is so ironic because it's become so much mu- easier to create music, but it's become so much harder to get people to hear your music. So when I was in high school, I used to make a whole trip out of going to buy a CD. I would like leave school and tell my aunt that I'm going to the mall and she was never excited about it. And I I used to live in Montreal by my aunt's house um, for high school. And then I would get on the train. I would take it across town. I would go into the mall and it would be winter with my coat and my backpack. And I would have one goal in mind, go to the music store and buy a CD that you will love. Like, and I used to go and choose it and talk to the people in the store. What should I buy? And like, I spent my entire high school years just listening to music, and it really impacted me in a way that I knew music would be a part of my life forever.
0: I actually also remember going to a store and buying a mixtape so I could have music to dance to at home. You know, like... What I'm
1: trying to tell you is that <laughs> the nature of buying music has changed, uh-huh. so yeah, the, the, um, the pursuit of music is gone because music is accessible at the touch of a button. So it used to be, like, something you would, like, you went out and you did. Like, you made it a priority. Like, we're getting, buying a Juicy CD and scratches, we're buying another one, and we must have a CD player in the, in the minivan, and every single house had a CD player in the kitchen, and people just took it like they just enjoyed music. But now, because it's so easy to get, people just take it for granted, and they don't, you know, make any effort to bring your music into their lives.
0: There's definitely a lack of appreciation than there used to be. And also, the the world is just over flooded with information and access to everything that no one's really looking for music. Music is something that comes with a video. It comes with a movie. It's something that's in a commercial or it's at a concert.
1: That's where I come in. Because
0: I really
1: believe that music is key essential to providing the atmosphere in a jewish home that makes your children want to be from and to connect it's like a hergish you just bring this hergish into the house this feeling and the kids feel from when they listen to this music and it's extremely important for parents to bring our music into their homes because we are creating um music that is That can be then. that can help them feel that because we're living that life. Because we believe in Hashem and we follow the Torah and we keep the mitzvah. So I'm trying to like bring that to people's attention. Well, you're doing
0: a great job because you definitely have more salesperson in you than I do. I have trouble explaining to people why I add value to their lives. I mean, I know clearly why, but I have trouble explaining it. So, Nobody
1: wants to explain it, and also as as songwriters <laughs> as, no, but as songwriters and singers, wouldn't it be nice if we could just do what we enjoyed the most and like the rest would just happen by itself like it does in the secular world? like why do we have to do everything?
0: Well, in the secular world, there's so much more competition, they do have to do everything themselves as well until they get signed eventually
1: um, there's so much
0: more competition, you know that's why I got into this more professionally I thought look there's so little competition there's actually room there's like a guaranteed slot here for me except the guaranteed slot just means a voluntary position to sing for people
1: <laughs> you know I want to tell you something I was listening to your interview um your your conversation with um Hillel Kaepernick. you kept like trying to get out of him how would you make A woman successful or how would you make me successful like if you could propel me into the ultimate Jewish female star how would you do it what would it look like and I want to tell you that it doesn't exist and it's probably never going to exist because we're women we're not supposed to be in the spotlight
0: Oh, hold on (laughs) the interview before this one is going to come out next week which is with Annie and her whole thing is spotlight on women and her whole idea and I lean toward that as well, is we, we do deserve a spotlight. Absolutely. Just because right. men can't listen to it doesn't in, in certain forms and ways doesn't oh, mean we cannot. I know, be in but we're in a whole new fish tank now.
1: We're in this technology world where everyone can access our music and our videos and our faces and you know, it's just, there are, there are some things like we just can't expect. And I really believe that. And there's a part of me that wishes I didn't even desire to like succeed in the way like I have to sell the CDs, you know, like I I have this product, I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to sell it. Like, I don't even like that part, but you know, if you believe in something
0: Okay, so you believe that whatever I was talking about with Hillel about what is the sky and what's the possibility for a Jewish woman star, and he said anything as long as you you know push and work hard, you're saying it doesn't exist and it will, will never. Um,
1: I, yes, right? that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. At least that's how I feel. I feel like there's just a an innate um, an innate understanding amongst women and men in the from Torah observant community that women are not to be idolized. They're not to be heard. Their music is not supposed to be blaring in speakers all over the house. We're not supposed to be watching them dance on our screens. Like that, that's just, you can't fight with that. And at the same time, sing about
0: it. <laughs> okay. So you're bringing up lots of different things. I'm so happy you're bringing it up because I feel like in most interviews, yeah, we, we just barely touch upon it. We talk about the hope. And then after the interview, I have a quick session about how none of the stuff we just talked about really works. And then we sort of move on and there's this facade that all these women sort of have created or reached some sort of success. And the only success right now that I can speak for is maybe brand name recognition maybe a bunch of people know about her and know her music specifically about music but you don't is anyone actually able to cover their expenses just their musical expenses i have no idea i have not been able to cover it what i love you brought up the first thing you said you noticed how expensive my music was and when people look at me and they're like you're doing this for the art just keep doing this because you this is your passion yeah it's my passion, but. It's not my passion to spend money in expensive art that's never going to make a return on the investment. So right, I can't I, I can't continue it because but it's not sustainable.
1: that's a choice you made.
0: That is a choice you made. Like considering the odds,
1: that's a choice you made. And you have to exactly. accept.
0: No, so I, of course. So my sister who is an entrepreneur told me, look, treat it like a test. You tested the market. You put out excellent product um, you know, on the highest level, oh, blah, 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 right. blah. You tested the market. They didn't go for it. You couldn't make any money back on it. Maybe you didn't put in all your sales techniques and maybe you didn't spend enough money in marketing or all that jazz. So I tested the market. They didn't go for it. So obviously, I'm not I'm not working on another album. And the past five years, that's what I've been doing every year. I've been putting out a new album. And that's not what I've been doing this past year. So right. I've tested the market didn't work. I gained some knowledge about it. And that's why I started sort of on this podcast journey to see what everyone else is up to and doing. And also as a database, maybe in 10 years, things will change and they can look back. We have data here where we're storing and building up all this information to see how things change or hopefully will change. Right. Well, you know,
1: you have to really look at the big picture at the end of the day. Like, I'm I'm sitting here now in Eretz Yisrael right experiencing life as a Jew in a very Jewish environment it makes you really stop and contemplate like and realize you're part of something bigger and I think we get a little too caught up in our songs our music our this our that like at the end of the day like we have such long lives ahead of us and so many things that we could accomplish
0: like Sometimes you just kind of let go and like see what else comes your way. That's totally fine. And when I think about it like that, and I do all the time. Then that that's why I don't promote my music so much because every five seconds another horror or tragedy happens or somebody else is sick and needs articulos. Right. And who cares right. about my music? People right. are people are, you know, going into debt to marry their children off or to just dress their kids or like pay but for I tuition. Who cares about my music? So I'm not I
1: have to disagree with you because music is like food. Everyone needs music all but the time. But there's so music. much
0: free music, why would anyone pay?
1: Because your music is good and your music is you and people want you. It's like, you have to just believe that the same way you enjoy what you're singing, people enjoy what they're hearing. And that's what I felt in your music. I really felt like you were completely in it, like you're completely focused on what you're singing and what you're delivering. And
0: that's why your music is effective. I just think we live in a society where people do not expect to pay for good entertainment, for Jewish entertainment. And if you look at my videos, um, YouTube doesn't charge you anything to listen to the songs. And Apple Music doesn't make you buy the album. You could enjoy the entire album at any time. So that's how people are. Music is, became like a pain in the neck. It used to just be like, separate from your computer screen, you had
1: your CDs, you would put them in the CD player, they would stack up and get dusty and scratched. Now music is again, another another reason that you're busy with your phone and your phone and your device and your speaker and like,
0: screwed it up <laughs> okay hold on things have changed but they also have changed for the better we're able to reach people um without having to go to jewish stores who are just yeah. going to put your cds in the back of the store and never promote your music they'll never put a poster of you or make a I deal it. we that's why
1: i do believe in it i do believe there's a future in digital music that's why i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm pounding the sidewalk as they say
0: okay so let's talk more about so your background what you have been doing until now what you have learned from the music business because you've definitely I know you uh song you write songs and sell them to other artists I know you produce music for other people I know you support yourself from your music or somehow or you support your music through your music so I want to know what okay. you have I'll been give doing you, I'll give you now. the rundown
1: I'll, I'll give the you the rundown um I got into music accidentally, like I was always musical and in choirs and like writing color war songs and stuff like that. But I got into recording music, um, just like on a whim. And I learned how to record myself. And once you learn how to record yourself, you already have an advantage because recording time costs so much money. Mm -hmm. So everything I've ever put out, I have recorded myself. I haven't put out the kind of money you have because I do everything myself. Even when I didn't know what I was doing. Like I used to, my my first album, quote unquote, the first set of recordings I made were on a little digital recorder way before people were were recording on computers.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's great. it, It propelled me every time. I worked so,
1: so, so hard to get the first recordings done and I was so frustrated and I was so, and there was no, there was no internet like, there were no, there was no Facebook. You couldn't like go into forums and ask. I was like reading library books. Don't ask. But once I got it done, like I thought I, it gave me like a certain feeling of confidence. Like wow, I could do this. And then you know I passed out CDs like in high school, and like people would take them for free. And then people asked, loved it, and they went whatever. It just kind of like happened by itself. At the same time, I also started performing. So. Whatever recordings I had, I would take out the, the, the vocal from it. I would, I figured out how to set up a sound system. I would drive, go wherever I needed to go, drive there or fly there and, and sing and entertain. And I was like, I am doing this. Like I have the songs, I'm going to do it. And the feedback was always so, so good. Like People responded. People were touched. People were moved. People were crying. People were responsive. And every time I sang, I thought to myself, I need more songs. I need to communicate more things through music. How am i going to get more songs i'm going to have to record them myself so i went and i bought a keyboard arranger and then i had to figure out how to use the keyboard arranger and then computers came out and i was like okay so i need a computer so i got a computer and i know how to set it up and this was before like i downloaded my first recording software from napster i don't know what that is exactly and then i had to figure out how to do that and by that time already i was living in new york i was working part-time in the diamond district And it was just Hashkacha practice that Izzy Teichmannfeld called me from Sameach Music and he said, someone slipped me your CD, it's really good, make a jacket and I'll put it in the store. I was single, I was living in New York, Um, I was recording my second, oh, but he told me, by the way, he said, I'm going to put it on the shelves, but you better make another one. So right away I figured out how to use my computer and I started recording the next one. I experimented more with harmonies. But again, it was so frustrating. I had no idea how to use the computer. I was recording in a New York apartment. I used to sing at night. My my roommates were annoyed. But whatever. This is what I was doing. And then, fast forward my life a little bit. I got married. I was in Israel after we were married. and, And I set up like a little recording studio in our Tel Aviv apartment. And I started working on my third album because I had gone through a lot that year. And I wanted to just get into music. So I wrote a bunch of songs. At the same time, again, Ashkacha practice weirdest thing ever. My in-laws lived next door to the Streichers. The Streichers are Mahol Streicher. He was like a big yeshivish singer from the 80s. So he's neighbors with my in-laws. And he, my in-laws tell him, oh, my daughter-in-law writes songs. So he asks my husband if I can help him work on some songs. And he was like a big recording artist. So we went to the studio and I wrote some English lyrics for him and he recorded them. And in exchange, he told me I can use the studio for a certain amount of hours. I can record some vocals and whatever. So I said, great, like a professional studio. So I fi- quickly fi- finished up my keyboard arrangements, ran to the studio, recorded the songs over there, and they came out terrible. <laughs> like, I was so not happy with how they came out because I didn't control the process. It was just terrible. But the songs are very good. <laughs> so that was the, the next CD that I did in Israel.
0: You used those recordings that you didn't like. I
1: did because I just was like, what's the alternative? Right. I think we were, we were going back to America. It was already done. My husband was like, it's good. Who cares? It's nice. Whatever. It's fine. I'm still proud of it. It has some very good songs on it. I'm, it's fine. So then we moved back to New York. I was newly married. I was living in away and I was like, I have an idea. And this was when my like marketing head came up. I thought to myself, how are people going to pay attention and buy my CDs, which were in the stores? So I thought, let's make a double album and we'll solicit girls on Facebook and tell them to submit their recordings and I'll put out a CD, Hanal and Friends, and one CD will have my songs and one CD will have their songs. And that's what I did. And the second CD that had their songs was like, basically the songs started out okay and they got like progressively worse. <laughs> and I, was, I felt bad, I just... People wanted their songs to be heard. And I was like, who cares? Like, I'll just put it out there. That's what people, like, some people never get that chance, you know? Um, It didn't do so well because it was a double album and it cost more. Mm -hmm. And there there were times when I thought, maybe I should reprint it with just my CD. But you know what? Also, it has some really good songs on it that I've sung a lot at concerts. Fast forward, I have a few kids already. I'm living in New York. Tired of being busy with little kids the whole time. I'm like, I'm putting out an album and I write the song, Taking Over My Heart. And I did my first music video, which my husband insisted I do. And it was a huge hit because nobody had done a female music video before. It was never done. Shandle did one. Shandle and Talis did one. But I shouldn't have been recording an album at that time with little kids because I didn't really have time to do the recordings properly and like focus. But it far surpassed anything I had recorded before then. I was a music teacher in a preschool for a few years and busy with that. And I wrote songs for the preschool graduation. And, um, I was like involved in all the shows and I did Bella Bracha in between like Chaim Hirschkowitz randomly approached me and asked me like, do you want to write a a DVD for girls? And I was like, okay. And I recorded my kids and they were part of the video and we wrote little songs. And it was like, uh, it was an experiment and it was a great success. Like Bella Bracha goes to a wedding is one of my most popular hits like it just was the most random thing in the world. Like we recorded my kids and we wrote these cute songs and we wrote a script and we made some animation. And then this great video came out that everybody loved. So that also just felt like we did another one and now we just finished a partial one. And the point, my point is that every step along the way projects have come my way and I've been like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. But every time I tell myself, I'm going to undertake it and I'm going to figure it out. And that's really what it all boils down to. And if any, like anyone listening takes anything away from this conversation, it should be that you have to really work hard. Like it takes blood, sweat and tears to succeed in the music business. You got to just keep going. Like people like us don't give up. Like, okay, so we put, you put out these albums and they weren't, you know, just didn't take off like you would have wished, but you know what, you more things will come your way bigger and better because you are a hard worker. So long as that's your attitude, here you're doing this podcast or whatever it is, you, you will succeed in your life. Like you just have to look forward.
0: I recently had this. I went to my aunt's shear. She was actually practicing her share in us. And then after the shir, she was saying, where do you connect in Judaism? How do you connect to Hashem? What, what's your method? What's your language of love? And I thought about it. It didn't, didn't come in five seconds. You know, some people say cooking or taking care of your family or, I don't know, davening, Shabbos. And the, the thing that connects me to Hashem and what makes me feel Jewish is the music. I feel like I take these psukim, I make melodies to them. I interpret them through myself obviously with God's gift, and that's how I connect to Judaism. So now when my religion shuts me up in terms of I can't sing at a Shabbos table with more right-wing Jewish people, or I can't ever be a chazan, not that I would want to be a chazan per se, but my options... I cannot sing at a wedding or bar mitzvah. or okay. Okay. Even okay. most okay. bar mitzvahs. So yeah, my religion yeah. does shut me up. I don't know what to do with that. I yeah, also, exactly. I'm not going to make I'm less to professional music now.
1: We are all multi-dimensional. Women are multi-dimensional. I have to connect to Hashem through parenting. And I have to connect to Hashem through my marriage. And I have to connect to Hashem through my, my behavior, and my Lashon Hara, and my davening, and my avadan all of that. And we can't just become totally absorb it first of all absorb by your music and second of all just go down that path where we think well if i can't sing and i can't sing at the shabbos table i can't be a good jew everybody has something that they feel the most connected to hashem with but it's not always accessible it's not always available there are other paths to hashem i'm not saying music's not a good one
0: so i'm not sure if you understood me correctly But I didn't mean like, oh, I don't want to be from if I can't sing. And I have many other dimensional parts to me. But if I had to think of what's my most direct way, it would be music. Like if you create the songs because you feel you connect to Hashem, then be be happy that you have an outlet or that you
1: spent whatever money, but you had all that time in the studio where you were making your songs real for yourself. And even for yourself, if your songs inspire you or make you feel connected when you listen to it, then that is something in and of itself. We can't have it all. Can I be perfectly honest honest with you? I I I am full of insecurities about my music, about my career, about my work, about my choices, about my skill, about my talent, about my ideas, about my songs, everything. I'm like plagued with
0: insecurities. But I still do it. That's what I love about your story. You bought whatever was out there at the time and you figured out how to do it. And that's amazing. And I you know off the record or now I'm sharing it with the world but I am working on my own home studio now learning how to produce I don't know at what point I will feel comfortable enough to release music under my own production because I've been using extremely professional talent so I I don't think I want my sixth album being worse than my fifth in terms of quality (laughs) So it might take a very long time. But the bottom line, the female singers don't have, don't have it. We don't have a platform. We don't have a sustainable way to do what we do right now. It's a hobby. It's a supported hobby, especially for younger people. You have that Tara Conference. And I think that's just where it's going to stay right now.
1: Um, I think that's where it will stay for now, yes. Did I know 15 years ago that Facebook would even exist like, who had a clue? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. So maybe something will change. At the end of the day, um, from what I understand, I'm no Tamad and ha-ham, but when Mashiach comes, women are going to be able to be right there front and center. So maybe that's the answer.
0: I've never heard
1: that. <laughs> women will sing. Women will sing. It says, <laughs> my, my accent's all over the place. In the merit of righteous, righteous women, women, Jews will be um, redeemed from from Galus, and what, what do women do? Because we know it's be- because of us. We know it's because we're teaching our children. We're gonna rejoice. And then how do women rejoice in song and dance, like Miriam Via when they, when they left Mitzrayim? You know, that's when it all really come full circle. Everyone knows that women have more to give than men. That's why it's private. And everyone knows that a woman could reveal her essence through her music and through her song and her singing more than a man can, and that's why it's hidden. And when Mashiach comes, there won't be that tumma, that impurity that makes it a negative thing. Like, that will be gone. So all we'll have is the essence of a woman and the femininity that she puts into her music. And then it's going to be connecting the whole world to Hashem. It's a very lofty thought, but that's the fact.
0: Well, it's a beautiful way to close because I feel like we do we did bring a little closure with your opinions of the market, and with your spiritual intervention. If you're singing, you got to be connected. Uh, I'll just tell people that
1: buying music from the right person and finding the right songs is such a joy. Like, you could put headphones on after a long day. You go to sleep. Just put headphones on when you go to sleep and just feel your soul being nourished. Like, I don't know why people don't treat themselves more often to good
0: music. I did buy your latest album, by the way.
1: I'm so happy that we were finally able to talk. I'm sorry it took so long. Um, um, I hope that nothing I said made you feel like you can't do it because you've impressed me and I'm not easy to impress. So just keep rocking, keep doing your thing and Hashem should bless you with success in your music and in your personal life and all good things.
0: Amen. Thank you. You are really a beautiful person.
1: On the inside
0: and outside. I'll take all your blessings. (laughs)
1: Thanks (laughs) for being on the show. Pass them along.
0: If you have been enjoying this podcast, please make sure to leave us a review. Subscribe and share this show with people you think may also enjoy it. See you next time.